Thank you to the, the sound team and the worship team and all those that have gathered here in the house of the Lord, our live stream. God bless you this morning. For I said in my haste, I am cut off before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplication when I cried unto thee. How many of you have ever said something in haste? Declared something in haste? And today, with the help of the Lord, I want to direct your attention to the topic of a long-suffering God. A long-suffering God. There is a... Uh, there is a, a side to my cancer story that I, I, don't, I don't tell. There's a side to that that I don't tell. But, but I will say this much about it, that uh, God, God used that, that cancer to correct some things in, in my life. He sure did. He sure did. I was, uh, I was in the process of making some choices and decisions about my future that I believe would have taken me 100% out of the will of God. And um, I just have no doubt that the Lord allowed that... Uh, that cancer or use the timing of it to get me back in line. Um, I, don't, I don't think any of us like it when God corrects us, but how many are so thankful that God in his great mercy and his great love cares enough about us to uh, use life and use circumstances or even allow some things to, uh, to keep us back in line. Would you just lift your hands and love him this morning? I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. This first Sunday after our convention, thank you for the miracles and the blessings and the touch and the fellowship and the Holy Ghost outpouring. And here we are today, God, back at it, Lord. I thank you for your spirit and your presence. Thank you for what we feel. You're such a wonderful Savior. You're such a wonderful Savior to us. This uh, 31st Psalm is so, it's so interesting. Uh, the psalmist said, Thou art my rock, my fortress. Uh, into thine hand I commit my spirit. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy. Have mercy on me, O Lord, I am in trouble. My eye is consumed with grief. I was a reproach among mine enemies. I am, oh my, in verse number 12, he says, I am forgotten as a dead man. Any of you ever feel like I am forgotten as a dead man? Lord, where, oh, do you even know my address? Do you even know my address? I Told you one time we were pastoring in Hoyt and we were, we were 
poorer then than we are now. And, um, and I, my shoes, you've heard those stories, you know, they would shove cardboard into the, cardboard into the sole of your, I think I died there. Something happened to me there. Uh, they put, car, you know, cardboard in the sole of the shoes. I, I had holes in the soles of my shoes, and I had put cardboard in there, and, and the missionary came, and we're supposed to bless the missionaries. And, uh, and, and the missionary saw my shoes, and after he left, the missionary sent me a pair of shoes. He was blessing me. Lord, do you even know my... Do you even know my address where I'm, where I'm at? And oh God, have you, have you forgotten? I'm a dead man. Uh, he says, I'm forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am a broken, I am a broken vessel. And oh, this, this chapter is so, so very, very interesting. I, I searched through several commentaries this week and, and I couldn't get an agreement on the commentaries as to when and why this psalm was written. Sometimes there's a very specific, there's a very specific, uh, this psalmist was, David was going through this, but I, I couldn't find that there was a, an agreement. Some have suggested that it was written when David was running from King Saul. Others suggested that this psalm was written when Absalom was in a revolt. Some suggested that uh, it was written when David had numbered the people and God was laying out his correction on, on David. But at the end of the day, what we do agree on is that uh, this psalm was mingled with strains of grief and woe. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was written out of a time of anguish, but... But at the end, what we understand is that whoever this was written to and for and about and what was going on, it was a psalm that was written in a deep and tr uh, personal trust in Almighty God. Hallelujah. How many trust in the Lord this morning? How many believe that God is able and hallelujah and in control? Someone say praise the Lord. Oh, this psalm is so, so interesting. It's, it's echoed in several other places in the Bible. The psalm, psalm 71 echoes. It, it starts out the same. The first verses in Psalm 31 and Psalm 71, they, they are similar. Jonah, Jonah seems to reflect on the 31st psalm uh, in his prayer from the belly of the great fish. Jeremiah is reflecting on the 31st Psalm several times and in Lamentations. Paul quoted uh, from the 31st Psalm. And then most significantly, I think that you maybe picked up on it when I read it. Um, I, I, I read it to you here. In verse number five, into thine hands I commit my spirit. Where, where have we heard those words before? Christ on Calvary, just before he gave up his life, made those famous words, into thine hands, O Lord, 
I, I commit my, I commit my spirit. David, David initially, or the psalmist initially says, Lord, I am forgotten as a dead man. I, I wish we could allow the impact of those words to settle onto our spirit. That the times in life and the times that are, things are happening and going on in our world and around us. Lord, have you forgotten? These, these aren't just words. The, the context of for David. Now we got to think about this. We have to think about this. David, a man after God's own heart. There wasn't anybody that was closer to the Lord. There was, there was a, David had the heart of God, a love for the Lord, a, a man that, oh Lord, I, I long to be in your presence. As a deer panteth after the brook, I long to be in your presence. There was, there was something about David and his relationship with God of all the brothers. Others, the Lord said, I have picked David because of the, the manner of his heart, the condition of his heart. There's just something about David. And now David comes to this valley in his life and he said, God, you have forgotten me. Those are heavy, heavy words. I am forgotten. I, I want the weight of that to settle upon us. I want the weight of that to settle upon us. Lord, you have forgotten me. And, and, and it was, uh, it, whether it was a season of correction or what, whatever it was, but, but in that time, David said, you have forgotten me. It, it is, a, it is a, painful, a painful thing. I remember laying in that hospital bed, and you know this story as well as I do, but I remember laying in that hospital bed and in Woodstock, uh, and I, I don't even remember the room, but I, I remember the instruments and I remember the, the medical stuff and the beeping and the, the smells and the sounds of it. I, I remember all that and I, I remember the morning of my surgery being there all alone in that room and not knowing the uncertainty of the future and, and what, what was going to find and am I going to survive this and having no idea what's going on. I remember, I remember laying there and saying these words, Lord, I have told your people that you will never leave us nor forsake us and yet here I am in this hospital room all by myself facing an uncertain future and you have left me all alone. I never will forget saying those words. And of course, you know the story. Within a few minutes, Brother Carol Carter poked his head in the door and said, Brother Farrell, what are you doing in here? And, and, and eight months before, his wife had made an appointment with the specialist and, and, and he was just sitting in the waiting room and, and uh, I'm going to go see if someone's in the hospital and, and uh, saw my name and come poked his head in the door. And so eight months before I was in that room, the Lord already had a plan to make sure that I knew he would never, ever leave me alone. Let's, let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. 
So, and, and I know that all of you have uh, similar testimonies. You'll raise a hand and say, God's never left me alone. He's never left me alone. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to come, I'll just come against that. Maybe that spirit is in somebody's heart and mind. The enemy has uh, been dogging you this week. Maybe somebody came here today feeling like, you know, the Lord has left me all alone. Oh, let me tell you, I just rebuke that in Jesus' name. The word of the Lord said, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. You're never alone. You're never alone. You're never alone. You're never alone. Amen. We sing a chorus every once in a while. No, never alone. No, never alone. Jesus has promised never to leave me. Never, never to leave me alone. I don't know. That makes me want to just skip a little bit in my heart this morning. The Lord has promised and he'll never leave us alone. Amen. Brother Carter popped his head. He said, Brother Fair, what are you doing? I said, you haven't heard. You know, we, we think everybody hears everything about us. Just, we don't. I'm, I'm the last one to find anything out. And uh, so, brother, no, brother Carter, I'm here. They're going to surgery and cancer, and I don't know what my future holds. And brother Carter, he didn't, he didn't get all down. And oh my land, what are we going to do? This is a, oh, is God able? I don't know. He just, he just stuck his head in that door, and he looked at me and said, "Cancer? Oh, we're just going to pray. God can take care of that." And. Uh, and boy, all of a sudden, faith began to fill my, fill my heart and fill my mind. And, and I needed that confidence and I needed that assurance. And, and we know now that the surgery was very complicated and it very well could have gone the other way. There could have been some other outcomes, but, but that confidence and that faith that he, uh, that he just, and he came over there and we've laughed about it and I've said it, he, 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 brother, Brother Carter thinks that God is hard of hearing. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Hallelujah. Sometimes when you got to take care of business, you got to get a little bit loud. Amen. I'll tell you who's not hard of hearing. God's not hard of hearing. But sometimes we need to let the devil know where we stand on some things. That God is God. And God is in control. And God is the authority. And I'm not saying it loud because God can't hear me. I just want the enemy to know how I feel about the situation. Praise the Lord. So sometimes we got to get loud. We got to get loud. Sometimes we got to say, in Jesus' name, and we got to say her loud. Sometimes we need to say, God, you are God, and we got to say her loud. Praise the Lord. Amen. When Jesus was walking by, the, 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 the blind man cried out, and he didn't whisper, and he didn't whimper, and, and, and Jesus, Jesus. No, sir. Now, son of David, have mercy on me. It's all right for us to get a little bit loud about what we need. Oh, God, I need the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to make some noise about it. Lord, I need a miracle. Lord, I need healing. Lord, I need deliverance, and I'm going to get loud about what I need. Praise the Lord. Those four... Uh, Four friends, they, they wanted to get their friend that was on the cot, they wanted to get him into the presence of the Lord. And the place was full. And we don't know 
Whew, all of a sudden, I'm, I feel an anointing here this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. They needed to get their friend into the presence of the Lord. But it was, it was full. It was full. And there was no option for them. And, and so they made a decision. We're, we're, we're not going to give up. And we're not going to let the crowd. And we're not going to let the lack of space. And, and the solution to this is we're going to tear the roof off of this house. I'm telling you, there, there ought to be something rise up in us. It ought to be a roof tearing off spirit. I need to get into the presence of the Lord. And if I got to take the roof off of this place, if I got to, if I got to climb onto the roof of this house, whatever it takes, whatever, it's not because God is deaf. I'm going to make some noise. I need a hammer and a chisel. I got to get the roof off of this place because whatever it takes, I'm going to get into the presence of the Lord because that's where my miracle is. In the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Brother Carter came over and, and uh, I, it was painful for me to extend my legs out straight. So I had him curled up and laying on my back. And he came over and I'll never forget it. He put one hand on my knee and one hand on my forehead. <laughs> and, uh, and I've said it for 15 or so years now. The, the janitor in the basement, in the back corner janitor closet, heard that, heard that prayer. But oh my, oh my, when he, and then, and then, you know, then, you know, I'm, I'm Lord, you've forgotten me. I'm at the most fearful, lowest moment of my life, and, and I need somebody to feel sorry for me. I need to cry here a little bit. I need to moan. And, uh, and, and I'm thinking we've all done, you know. Oh, Brother Farrell, I'm really, it's, you, you hang in there and, and you and oh, and you, oh, well, we hope that all, he just prayed, shouted, glory to God, said, bless God, Brother Farrell, you're going to be all right and I've got to go find my wife. <laughs> and as fast as he roared in and roared the prayer and roared out, and, and, and left me there, and I laid my head back on the pillow. And, you know, God, God's, oh, God's interesting. God's interesting. And uh, I don't, I maybe have heard or felt like I've heard him speak to me, but he talks kind of more to my spirit. I laid my head back on the pillow after Brother Carter, and, and, uh, and I, I know it was the Lord. Oh, I know it was the Lord. <laughs> the Lord said, left you all alone, did I? Left you all alone, did I? Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No, never alone. No, never alone. He's promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. Oh, God is there. He's there. He is with us. It's so, it's such a wonderful, wonderful truth. I, I'm not trying to cheerlead you this morning, but I just need to hear the saints of God give a resounding praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And like my little situation there, whatever David was facing in verse number 12, he said, I am like a broken vessel. I am forgotten as a dead man. But then we come to verse 
22 that Brother McNally read to us. And David, or the psalmist said, For I said in my haste. So many times we say things in our haste. Our, our situation is overwhelming and, and the circumstance is overwhelming. And I said, he said, I said in my haste, I'm cut off. I am cut off. But then he goes on to say, but nevertheless, someone say nevertheless. <laughs> say it again, nevertheless. The psalmist said, nevertheless, when I thought I was forgotten, and when I said in my haste, God has uh, forsaken me, nevertheless, thou heard the voice of my supplication. I'm here to tell somebody today that when you've gone a little bit sideways, or maybe you've drifted from God, or maybe you don't even know the Lord, or maybe God is, you're, 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 you're in a little uh, precarious situation in your life or with the Lord. We serve a long-suffering God. We serve a long-suffering God. And it's not His will that any should perish. It's not His will that anything goes awry in your life, but that all should come to repentance and eternal life with Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm thankful today that we serve a long suffering God amen I've had episodes and seasons in my life where I probably didn't deserve mercy or deserve to be treated right or whether it was my attitude or my spirit or my mindset or my behavior just uh, in in all kind of areas of of life with teachers and school teachers and and bosses and employers and times that I have I've made errors and mistakes and and thought things or said things or done things or whatever and 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 thank God in the midst of all of that that there I had I had friends that were long-suffering I had teachers and and employers and I had bosses that that they they somehow they somehow looked beyond Oh, praise the Lord. Somehow they look beyond the behavior. They look beyond the actions or the attitude and said, I see something in there. I see something in there and I'm going to work with it and I'm going to correct it, but I'm going to work with it and I'm not going to cast it aside. How many are thankful this morning that God never threw us away? Praise the Lord. I was in Bible college and I was in a meeting and, and it was, uh, the, the school was going through a tough time. It was, uh, it was a tough time. And uh, Brother Joke and I, we reflected on it a bit this weekend. It was, it was a tough time and the students were the students were caught right in the middle of that. We were caught right in the middle of it. We, there was, we were caught right in the middle of that. It was challenging. And uh, we were 18, 19 years old. We may not have had a lot of wisdom. Possibly. 
And we thought we had a lot of wisdom. But we may not have had a lot of wisdom. And some of our behavior may have reflected that. I remember getting called in before some of the faculty and they were doing some student evaluations and so it was my turn and, and uh, sitting at the end of that boardroom and there were teachers there and Brother Grant, Brother Grant was sitting at the other end of the table. And so, uh, any of you ever been evaluated before? You know, you're a good person, but there's some areas here you need to, you need to, thank you, brother, line up. That was the word I was looking for. That, line up, line up. That was, that, that, that's actually the nice way to put it. They, they maybe felt like there was some other, other words there and, and they were going around taking their turn, taking all their shots at me. And I, I, at one point I looked up and Brother Grant was sitting at the end of that table and he never said a word, but he just looked at me and said, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Don't say nothing. We're all in a tough situation here. It's going to be all right. You just, and that was the look on his face. He never said nothing. He never, but it was just, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. How many times has God, because of choices that I make or, or things that I've done, God just, it's going to be all right. You might have to take some licks here, but it's going to be all right. And you're going to learn from it, but I'm not forsaking you. I'm not leaving you. You're safe. And I had a feeling in that meeting, if they'd have gone too far, that Brother Grant would have spoke up and said, Okay, that's it. That's enough. And that's just like the Lord. You, you've got a hedge of protection around your servant Job. I can't get at him. I want to let somebody know this morning, God's got a hedge of protection around you. The enemy can only go so far. He can only do so much. He can't. He doesn't have free. Hallelujah. He doesn't have free for all in your life. The Lord, his eye is upon you and his hand is keeping you. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Glory to God. I'm so thankful that we have a long-suffering God that's not going to throw us away and cast us aside and, and all those things. Brother Jeff Arnold was preaching a message years ago and he was talking about grace and he said, aren't you glad God didn't ship you off to Tupelo? Tupelo is where the orphanage is, the children's mansion. It, it just in the way he would say it. Aren't you glad God didn't ship you off to Tupelo? And and I never I never forgot that. Listen, we're his. Hallelujah, we're his children. He is my heavenly Father. He loves me so perfectly and so purely, and he's long suffering. And there are days he must scratch his head. What on earth are you thinking? What on earth are you doing? And he brings a little correction into my life, but it's never to destroy me. It's never to cast me aside. Hallelujah. 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 I'm thankful today for a long suffering. A long suffering God. David thought that God had forgotten him, but God did not forget him. And David said later when he spoke in haste, when he spoke in haste, only to realize, only to realize that God was there with him. Nevertheless, he said, 
Thou heardest the voice of my supplication. Would you bow your heads right now? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I speak and declare over this sanctuary, over these congregants, Lord, a reminder that you're a long-suffering God. And when the enemy comes into their hearts or minds to, to tempt them that, that you've forgotten them, Lord, I just declare a, a spirit of reminder that you'll never leave us nor forsake us, that we are never alone, that we are sheltered in your hand, and that there is a hedge of protection around your children, oh God. Thank you for your correctiveness in our life, Jesus. Thank you, oh Lord. Thank you, oh Lord. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, 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 Lord. How many have, don't raise your hand, but I just ask it for reflection purposes, but how many have, how many in your life have drifted from the Lord? You've found yourself, maybe, do I use the word backsliding, at a sliding back from God. And yet in God's mercy, he sends a preacher. Or you, you land in a church service I was, I was 17 years old, a junior, a junior in high school, going into my senior year. And um, there, there had been some crazy things take place in my spiritual world, my religious world. Uh, Dad had resigned the church that I grew up in. Um, we, we, we were without a church. We were... Uh, thank God for Harrison Hills. It was 45 minutes away, and Brother Rose was such a such a father figure in our life and our home, and and so we we were going to that church, and I was uh, I was the only Pentecostal kid in my town, my age, and it was. Uh, you know, I talk about Buckeye Lake. You have no idea. Those things saved me. Brother Rose and that church saved me. And Buckeye Lake, I, but I was in, my, in between my junior and senior high school, and I, I, I always go to camp. That was my lifeline. And, but this year I went to camp. I might have been a little bit sideways. Not, not really, but I was going to camp. And, and Brother Rex Johnson and... And uh, I still call Brother Johnson every once in a while, and we'll, we'll talk, and I'll always win. Brother Johnson, your ministry, your ministry pulled me back and saved my soul. I was, I was listen, I was, I was heading, I was being pulled to head out the door away from God. At that crucial time in my life, that, that summer between my junior and senior year, I was, the, the tug of that was so strong. I was not mentally and spiritually in a, 
in where I should be with the Lord, but in that camp meeting, the anointing of that preacher, my, 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 my parents that made sure that camp was a part of my life and, and all of those things came together and I made my way down to an altar. Buckeye Lake made my way to an altar. I, I took my wife and, and Andy and Chrissy back one year and I took them and I showed them the spot. I showed them the spot on that altar. I showed them. This is where at 17 years of age the mercy and the long suffering of God pulled my heart and save my soul. I was, I was, listen, I'm not pulling no punches this morning. I'm not joking around with you at all. It was serious. I was, I was making decisions that I may walk away from serving God. It, it was awful, but I can take you to the spot where the long sufferingness of God and the mercy of the Lord and an anointed preacher and singers and, and, and 500 young people and a beautiful camp meeting where I made my way. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I knelt down at that spot and I said, Lord, I'm making up my mind right now and I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. Thank God for his long suffering. Thank God for preachers. Thank God for church services. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Amen. Amen. Now I know... That there will be a time, and the word of the Lord talks about, uh, the, the Bible talks about God giving up on them. And, and uh, in Romans, God gave them over. And uh, Genesis, the word of the Lord says, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Isaiah said, call upon the Lord while he, he may be found. I know, I know in the, the case of the ark, there was a time when, when God closed the door. And I know that there will come a day when he will rapture the church and, and that, that time and that space of repentance will, will be over and fulfilled. But I've come here to tell somebody this morning that today is still the hour. Today is still the time. There is still a space to say, Lord, I'm going to give my heart and my life to you 100 100%. There is always in God, in this season, a time, a time and a space of repentance. So, I'm almost done. I don't have to text Brother Jokey, it didn't work. I, I tried it, but it did make some of you smile anyway. I'm almost done. Point number one. <laughs> what was that all about? The Lord gave me this minister's team, and they just hurt my feelings. They don't fix the clock. They just... Did you think that maybe I should have started point number one earlier? Is that... It just slipped out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth slips. <laughs> Point number one. God is long-suffering with the saved. Everyone say, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. 
But I've come to remind somebody, if I'm not bothering you this morning, I've, I have come to remind somebody today, God is long-suffering with the saved. With the saved. You know, sometimes we get thinking, I, I'm saved, I'm redeemed. I should know better. I should know better. I, I shouldn't do that or I shouldn't think that way or I shouldn't feel that way or I shouldn't be that way. I'm saved. I, I should be better. But you know what? We're still in this flesh. We still slip. We still get off the mark. Some, sometimes we, we're, I was talking last night and with an individual and said, you know, God wants us to walk here and sometimes we step over here and God has to say, no, get back over here. And, and uh, it's because even though I'm filled and redeemed and on my way to heaven, I still, I still can get a little off, off the mark. A little off the mark. But God, in his long suffering, he just, he just does a little nudge, and, uh, and then we're back, we're back on track. How many are thankful? I'm so thankful, Lord. I cannot tell you the number of times that God has had to come up and, and just nudge me a little bit and get me back back on the right the right the right path the right path hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord we wouldn't be what we are today if the lord hadn't come along beside us in his long suffering and said to us hey you're over here and i just need you back over here over here's the the way that i i want you to to go Amen. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as wool. I'm so thankful this morning that the Lord doesn't, he doesn't cast us aside. He doesn't cast us aside. I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord that when, well, there's a beautiful story in the Bible. Hosea chapter 4. The Bible says that that God got a little tired of Ephraim. God said, Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. God was, he was, uh, any, any of you get maybe a little bit weary with people sometimes? I have tried and I have tried and I have tried and I'm not getting anywhere and, and finally you just say, I'm done with them. That's how God's kind of talking here. Let Ephraim alone. He's joined himself to idols. Let him alone. But then in Hosea chapter 11, God says, how, how can I give up on Ephraim? I taught him to walk. I, I carried him. I loved him. I nurtured him. I've brought him this far. How can I give up? I have come to tell somebody this morning that God is looking at you and he's saying, how, how can I give up on you? I purchased you. 
You're a little sideways right now, but I am not giving up on you. I, I would like to say today, I'd like to say today, I'd like to preach against the, this old flesh. The Bible says that individuals are drawn, drawn into sin because of their own lusts. I, I wish today, I wish I had the ability to just come at this old flesh. You know, this old flesh has appetites and things. And then the enemy plays on that. He plays on that. He plays on that. You ever said, I'm going to go off of chocolate chip cookies? And everywhere you turn, you see chocolate chip cookies. I don't know why I'm saying that as an example this morning, but it, it seems to be real in my life right now. I'm not going to eat sweets. And, and, and Sister Farrell goes to the grocery store, and she comes home with nothing but sweets. $100 worth of sweets. They're all over the counter, the cupboard. And then Sister Viola brings 14 dozen donuts made fresh this morning. The steam just rolling out of the bag. Before we know it, Brother Farrell's on the kitchen floor in a donut coma. So please don't stop, Sister. Please don't stop. You just, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to stay away from that. And boy, the old enemy hears that declaration and just seems like every time you turn, it's there to pull this old flesh. I, I, wish, I, could, I wish I could say to your flesh today and, and I wish I could break it in me and break it. And then the old enemy comes along and plays on that, that old weakness. And, and sometimes we, we, we step a little off the mark and, and I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful that when we do, God comes in in his long suffering and just gets a hold of us and, and brings us back over into where, where he wants us. Our God is a long suffering God, even to those that are saved this morning. Sends a preacher, sends a church service. Ephraim, I cannot let you go. 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 Somebody's hearing a voice from the Lord this morning that God cannot let you go. I, I suspect in here today that maybe there are some that have tried to go. They've tried to go. And every time they go, they're just miserable. They, they, they go out and they, they start and they're trying to have a good time. And the whole time they're trying to have a good time, they're having a terrible time. Because they know. They know. They know. I can't have a good time because I know mom is home praying for me right now. I can't have a good time because I know that dad is praying for me right now. I can't have a good time because I know that Brother Farrell is, is going to go there Sunday morning and he's going to reach and he's going to preach and he loves me. 
and he wants me to go to heaven. I can't have a good time. And then you wind your way back to church and you feel the presence of the Lord and the Lord says, I love you. I love you. Lord, I don't deserve to be loved. I know, but I love you. Lord, would you just leave me alone? No, I will not leave you alone. I have come to give you eternal life. Not, not, not that you should perish. I have come to save your soul. I will not leave you alone. So you might as well just give in. You might as well just give in. Make your way to an altar. And throw your heart to Jesus and uh, serve him. The Lord is long-suffering to the saved. The Lord is also, point number two. I'm almost done. Point number two. The Lord is long-suffering to the unsaved. To the unsaved. Oh, he's long suffering to the unsaved. I, I, I was upset about some things this week and going on, not necessarily going on around the church, but just, just some things in the world and going on. And, and I, I, last night I was, I started. Praying, I, I almost got I almost got praying against individuals. I almost got praying against individuals. As if the individuals are the problem. I was I was I was growling. I was God and I was and and then I started to think, you know, God God died God died for those individuals. God doesn't want those individuals to be lost any more than he wants me to be lost. And then a, a compassion swept into my spirit because God is long-suffering to the unsaved. To wit, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, that everybody. And so I began to pray against the Spirit. I began to pray against the principalities of the lost. Amen. Praise the Lord. Paul Harvey read a poem and said, And God sent a farmer. How many have heard that before? And God sent a farmer. It's one of the most wonderful readings I've ever heard I was I was thinking about that and uh, this came to me and God sent a preacher and God sent a preacher how many are thankful today for a preacher this isn't over that out to Carling Ford and knocking on the door in the middle of the night it hadn't been for brother Katie if it if it hadn't been for brother Lewis if it hadn't been for brother Lewis Many of you have said, if it hadn't have been for Brother Rolston, if it hadn't have been for Brother Rolston, or Brother McKean, or Brother Priest, 
Any, any here remember that revival with Brother Priest back in the, what, it went for like five, five weeks. It was just supposed to be, <laughs> praise the Lord. And revival services, and revival services. Would you stand this morning? Praise God. Oh, can we just lift a hand and thank him for his word today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm thankful today for a long-suffering Savior. A long-suffering Savior. A long-suffering Savior. There are some folks here this morning that you're drifting. You're drifting. There are some here today that aren't saved. I'm here to tell you God has not forsaken you. God loves you this morning. He loves you. God loves you if you've been in sin. He loves you if you've gone so far that it seems like there's no hope. He loves you. I love you. Won't you come back to Him today? Won't you come back to Him today? The songwriter said, Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. God is looking at somebody here this morning and saying, I cannot let you go. I cannot let you go. You ask yourself, why do I keep going back there? Why do I keep doing that? It's because God says, I cannot let you go. And neither am I. Neither am I. I will not let you go. I will hope for you and believe for you until you take your last breath or until the rapture. God loves you today. God loves you today. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Tonight we're going to have a wonderful service. I, I invite you to come back. Tonight it's going to be, I'm looking forward to, to it. And, um, but I think that before we go today, somebody needs to make a step toward the Lord.